Hello, heathens, and welcome to the Salem After Show. Today we're talking about The Man Who Was Thursday, which is episode 7, and hello, shirtless John Smith. Ah, stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. You know what? I think I was so, so blown away by it that I was like, wait, isn't it John Alden? <laughs> That other guy's name, but you know, yes, John Alden. My bad, John Alden. Oi, now I feel weird about the tweet I put out there, but oh no, I tweeted as his name, Shane West. Yay. Anyways, <laughs> hey guys, uh, my name's Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. And if you're watching this live, join in with the chat. Uh, we have that open. And if you're watching this later, comment down below. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, this awesome series. And, um, yeah, just let us know what you think and your predictions of what's going to happen. We only have three episodes left, which is crazy. So let's just dive right into it. So we have Mary and Sebastian, and she's like, I hate you. And he's like, well, don't tell me it wasn't good. And she's like, well, I hate you because it was good. And we're like, oh, that's just kind of awkward. But I love his, like, kind of rebuttal. He's like, well, if that's what it's like when, you know... You're not happy about it. I can't wait till you actually like it. So that's just all kinds of fun and awkward. Though, I don't know, guys. I'm torn. I kind of almost want Mary and Sebastian to work out. I know. I know. It seems like wrong, but I kind of do. But um, my co-host Pamela is out sick, so um, I know she is definitely team John and Mary. What about you guys? Who are you? Who are you shipping in this? Whose relationships do you want to work out? I don't think Sebastian and Mary's is going to work out. She's totally playing him. But that's okay. They can still have their fun. At least she enjoys it, sort of. I don't know. She doesn't want to admit it to herself. Um, but yes, I totally wrote down, like, she is playing him. But, uh, hey, you may as well have some fun while you're doing that, right? So then we have the, oh, wait, can she leave the Wessex tree? Because then I was kind of curious. And immediately after, uh, no, nope, ugly tree face thing going on, which, oh, Affects people of Salem. Great job. Always this show is blows me away of like disgusting and disturbing. And uh, oh, I retweeted that. And if you guys aren't following Salem WGN on Twitter, you totally should. They posted this really great behind the scenes look at the show and the special effects they do and uh, how a lot of it's practical effects. And it's just it shows because it is like it just makes your skin crawl because it's so good and gross. But yeah, the tree face thing was like, ah! So it's like she's literally part of the tree. So she can't leave. But I wonder then if the tree dies, would she die? That's a whole other kind of separate thing. But good question. Uh, And then we have aww, poor little Sebastian crying when they come back. He has like his one tear because he hurt his beloved Mary, like making her suffer through that. And then she's like, yeah, you believe me now? Uh, and then we jump over to Anne and Cotton, and I like that finally he's like, wow, you got pregnant really fast. It's only been, like, a week. Because we talked about that before, like, um, is he gonna notice, like, yeah, you're showing, like, a lot. And, I mean, not like they knew a ton about medical cycles of women and pregnancies back then, per se, but they at least knew, you know, in a week you're not gonna be as big as she is. So I like that they pointed out where he's like, well, that seems a little off. But Mary, I mean, sorry, Anne, Anne has the best response. Will uh, my witch blood quicken the speed of life? He can't really argue with that, can he? He's like, oh, okay, sure. Which, 
in a way, I don't know. I mean, Mary, her pregnancy before was before she became a witch. So, or yeah, before. So I don't know how many, we haven't really covered witch pregnancies. Are they the same duration of time? I don't know. This world, we want to know so many random details, but we probably won't. And then, um, he kind of seems, also Cotton seems more okay with Anne. We've wondered that too, of like, um, is he going to get over it? Because I want them to work out. Their relationship, um, what do you guys think? Do you want Cotton and Anne to work out? I feel it's just like, you're rooting for them, and now he's a little bit maybe like, okay, I'm going to be the father of this child. And she's like, yeah, this is the cure-all, in which he's not quite on that bandwagon, but he does seem a bit more like, you know, he's not detesting her the way he has been before. He's a little bit more like, oh, okay. Maybe because it's a little more tangible that there's a baby. It's less more like she's saying so. It's more like very obvious, like, no, look, there's a baby. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Be here. And then um, after he leaves, we have more of that creepy figure thing, which before I thought it was like that little girl who's been hanging out with Isaac that like something's more going on with her. But now I think it's just it's Anne's um, inner hag. But how that exactly works, I don't know. And I'll talk more about that later. But just in this moment, we have the creepy crib moving and Anne's like, I know where you are. So... Anne at least knows what it is. Uh, actually, yeah, we'll kind of talk about it now. Because uh, we see it later with Anne in the mirror that it's a... Well, where was that part? She looks in the mirror and it's the hag. And now my question is... There we go. Um, in being born a witch for Anne, is her hag self different than uh, people like Mary who, you know, became a witch later? So it was, like, literally selling your soul to the devil. So it was, like, almost their, like, you know, mere opposite self. So with Anne being born a witch, is it the same thing? Because, I mean, she still kind of came into an agreement with the devil, I guess. And uh, we had some earlier scenes where her eyes changed, where she was aroused and stuff. So, like, there's something a little more to her for sure. But I wonder how the hagness, if you will, works with her. Is it... Because the way it's going, I mean, only Anne's seen it. So to her, it's outside of her body. But with that mirror moment, it is, no, that's a reflection of who she is. So that's a good question. I wonder if we'll come back to that. I hope we do because it's really, it's kind of like Anne denying who she is. And she needs to come to terms with that. And uh, we got John Alden, a hello shirtless, when he's doing the Smith workshop. Because he's like, yeah, I got to make this knife. It's a family tradition <laughs> which good cover and i like that blacksmith moment that was really kind of comedic because the blacksmith is like what are you doing here and he's like well nothing i'm not gonna pay for and he's like all right money okay you're not gonna do anything weird here all right peace out i'll be back and it, excuse me it's like the show is so serious so it's really refreshing when there's these moments of comedy that you wouldn't think are necessarily super funny but it kind of was in the 
being serious, I guess. Uh, then we have little Mary's love letter to John. I'm like, oh, how much is she going to tell him of the truth? And we learn later, she kind of does, but she doesn't explicitly say, I had sex with Sebastian. She's a bit more like, I'm pretty sure you know what it was. So, but I applaud her honesty, because at least she wasn't like, you know, she's not hiding it from him. She's not like, yeah, I didn't do anything. She's very much like, no, you, you probably know what it was. Uh, and then we have Anne go back to Gloriana and beast attack! Gloriana's like, ah! Totally crazy gonna jump her. And she's like, I know what you are. And, and man, working that, like, it's not, yeah, it's definitely like a reverse psychology or something where she's just kind of like, no, this is the best for everyone. And, ah, uh, like, just trying to make it play off like no this is a good idea no Gloriana is like nope not having any of that and I agree but I was kind of like dude you need to get rid of her you need to get rid of Gloriana because she's just giving more of a problem and Anne's just kind of tethered to the house because of that problem and Cotton's like no you gotta come to the other house and I kind of was like I wonder should she just put her out of her misery because Gloriana is just so torn up about losing her baby that I don't know, is it really, how much can she live a normal life outside knowing that that happened to her? And actually, let's just finish off their storyline because that's kind of quick, but a little bit more. Um, we have Mary, um, I mean Mary, excuse me. Uh, we have Anne and Gloriana later after Anne has gone to see Mercy and is kind of like, hey, I need your help. And, oh, Mercy, you're still around. And, oh, you're a, a whore? Oh, it's like, oh my gosh, come on, come on, Anne. Uh, I'll say more of that storyline in a minute, but uh, with Gloriana, it's like, ew, the eyeball thing, another one. Oh, affects people. I, I applaud you. Oh, it was so gross. What do you guys think? Were you like, eh, gonna vomit of just the eyeball, like the finger in there? And there are some people that really have like a aversion to eye stuff and just seeing that finger and like going in there. Which she pretty much gave her a lobotomy. It's like, uh, what's your name? I don't know. Where'd you come from? I don't know. Well, how convenient. So, Gloriana's kind of just taken care of, but now Anne is in Mercy's debt. Hmm, I don't know if that's a really good thing to be. And then we have, oh, that was fun. I like how Sebastian goes over to Essex, which is like, yeah, I'm going to be a messenger for Mary. And I kind of was like, I don't know if I trust you. But in the end, it worked out okay. So that was kind of cool. He's going to go for Mary and he's going to, they have their grand scheme, which in the end, oh, that was rewarding. We'll get to that too. Um, so we got Isaac too, being this public speaker that you're just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And this is a turn that I didn't exactly see the show going, but I like it a lot that it's kind of like uniting the poor and th there's more of us versus them. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he kept saying those Puritans. So then I was kind of half wondering if Isaac's little community is one going to be its own new town or they'll be essentially like a different religious group or not religious at all because again he kept saying those puritans those puritans it felt like they're definitely the other besides just rich and poor so it's a good question and 
what do you guys think of, so are the many going to defeat the few? I, I hope that kind of factors into the final battle somehow. I don't know how, but it just seems like a cool development to utilize all these characters and people in this whole other, like, mm, not like the poor neighborhood and or just the downtrodden pretty much and have them come and, you know, essentially do something productive but he points out like hey guys uh yeah you're not showering and you're being treated like dogs because you act like them so maybe we should clean up our act around here which is good advice i think the problem is they they probably just get in this cycle where they think like this is how life is and this is how it's gonna be and then they don't even see a moment to change but isaac is the one who comes along and is like hey you guys need to change. You need to do something about this. Otherwise, this is nothing is going to happen. It's just going to be stuck in this horrible cycle. And then we have, excuse me, we got Mercy and the magistrate, and he's all tied up with his satin wrist things. And um, yeah, okay, their relationship. I'm torn on that one too. I'm like, it's really kind of sweet, and in exactly the same time, it's so disturbing. I'm just like. Oh, that's really nice how much he seems to care about her and how much she seems to, like, need him. But then it's just like, I don't know. I just either don't trust it or I'm grossed out by it in terms of they're just going to screw each other over and not in a positive way. <laughs> and or it's just mm, it's unsettling. What do you guys think? Let me know a comment down below. Are we, are we rooting for the magistrate and Mercy? Because Mercy's got... Her character has been up and down in terms of she's been interesting, she's been annoying. She's been more interesting and then, like, crazy psychotic annoying. And But she's just had so much shit happen to her that you kind of want her just to have something nice in life. And the magistrate is kind of sick and twisted that they're actually a really good, perfect little match. But... Mm-mm. It makes me wonder. I'm like, I don't know if I can trust you guys. I definitely don't trust them as a pair. I think it's very weird. But she does kind of point out that you're keeping me locked up away here. Which, I don't know if he's necessarily actively doing it. Like, hey, no, you can't go out in public. But uh, she points out, like, Isaac is being such a problem. So it's probably just better and safer for her to stay in her whorehouse. And... It's probably just going to work out better, but I'm glad she, like I said, glad she pointed out, going, uh, uh, um, excuse me, I've been stuck here. And he's like, no, no, not really. And then we have Mercy, then we have Anne show up, so back to that kind of plot line. Oh my goodness, I love that Mercy was messing with Anne. She's like, yeah, I have my room's upstairs, and it's occupied, or something like that. And then uh, she's like, but I can be tempted by, like, sweet persuasions or something like that and you're like oh Anne is just like oh no and your poor puritan i just kind of roll my eyes i mean we're so modern century now that it's just kind of like Anne, calm down but it's just so fun to watch mercy like hmm i'm gonna bother you uh i just liked it it's so good because this one was like being not really mean to her but messing with her without like doing real damage and then we have, oh, then we jump over to Mary and Cotton and Red Mercury. I know we kind of talked about it before and we were like, wait, what is that stuff again? Red Mercury. And uh, I'm, she's like, deliver this letter to John for me. And we go to the door and we finally learn what that door is. And I know a couple of you have commented down below and in the live chat about what that door is in the creepy house. 
So at first, I was writing down before it's revealed. I was like, it's the inner demon's door. So it's like your own inner demon. Because for Mary, it was people that she essentially put to death because she blamed the witches, like the witch hunt on them. Like, oh, they're the witches. So it's who she saw. And then for Cotton, it's his father because that's his own issue. So it felt more like very personal. But we learned from the Sentinel, no, it's the door to hell itself. But it is locked. So I don't know if it's maybe open on the other side or if you need the key. Because I guess it's a good idea to keep that thing locked. And that means Cotton supposedly is in there. But I don't know. Do you, I mean, sorry. Cotton's father, uh, Mather. Uh, what was this? Increase. Increase Mather. What do you guys think of these Puritan names? Or, it's a word now. Increase and Cotton. You're just like... Not this, not a word then, but I meant it's more of a, not a name thing now. It's more of a, yeah, I don't remember the words. I'm sorry. It's a little late. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what those things are, but it's always a weird name with him. Okay. So the thing though, question, if it's the door to hell itself, the question is, is Increase Mather really there? Which he's already kind of mentioned that he was in hell. Or is it just something to mess with Cotton's head or whoever's at that door? Like, is it necessarily what's actually there, or is it just your own whatever hell has on you, like, messing with you personally? Because it's one of those, can you really trust what it is? Because hell doesn't necessarily seem like that trustworthy of a thing, an entity. So I'm really curious to know how actual it is of, like, what's behind that door. Not necessarily just, like, freaking you, the individual, out. Just more, like, no, really, what's there and how they go between them and have they been going between them because we haven't really talked about that has has the sentinel and little devil child been going back and forth at all or they just been staying there because that's a really good question i hadn't even thought of that till just now hmm i don't know what do you guys think have they been going back and forth i feel they've been just there but it's convenient they have a portal to hell to hell right in their house so but the sentinel was very adamant to cotton like do not open that door so I don't know, maybe it's one of those, like, they need to very particular circumstances to open that door. And then we jump back over to Isaac, and uh, he's essentially judge and jury now, which the people kind of don't mind because it's, the magistrate's not really doing his job, and he's someone that the people just can't relate to, but Isaac, they can. So I think as a whole, it's kind of that mob mentality that they're just like, well, we can trust you. And he's someone who's also suffered, so they kind of have that solidarity with him and, like, we we trust you. Because uh, also, so far, he's been proving to be trustworthy. It's not like he's shit on them like the way the, those Puritans have. And he has this guy brought to him for a crime of, like, oh, he stole bread. But you know what? He shouldn't suffer for being hungry. And, I mean, it's it's good lesson for just even real practicality, too, of, like, Often it is poor, uh, there's a lot of studies or, man, now I'm trying to sound all scientific on it, but I'm like, no, I don't know. But I've heard those, like, um, like radio programs on how it's just kind of like a bad cycle of if, uh, if people are poor, then they, it's something bad happens and it just kind of, like, recycles. So for them in the show, it's just kind of showing, like, how you can't just be punished just for being poor that you had you were put under poor poor negative circumstances so it's similar to statement on the real world i would say as well and then um 
Oh, yes. Then we have John show up and Isaac and John are like, hey, what are you doing here? And then immediately John's kind of like, um, no, what is going, what are you doing here? I'm just like, wait, what is this going on? I'm like, what made you judge and jury? And right when they're talking about it, lo and behold, Cotton shows up too. And I'm thinking like, oh, great. Everyone's going to get caught up and... No, not so much. Isaac kind of gets a little tiny bit of info, but John's kind of like, there's too many ears around here. So poor Isaac. I, I kind of want Isaac to know more what's going on because he's been so close to Mary and so much of everything else that, it, yes, you don't necessarily want to let some people know about the crazy supernatural things going on because either they don't believe you or just it's more complicated for them to know. But sometimes them not knowing anything about what's going on could be a problem later. So I feel Isaac should be told a little bit more than what he already has access to. But then we get John and Cotton talking and they have their little powwow, which is like, oh, good. I'm glad some characters are like, hey, let's all get on the same page because that seems to be another problem that happens a lot where it's just like, hey, we don't exactly know and we need to share information because then it will advance both of us. And John gets Mary's letter, which I was kind of worried about that. I'm like, oh, great, he's going to have that letter. It's going to get intercepted or something like that. But nope. And he can't read. <laughs> it was like, oh, poor John. Uh, and you got to love Cotton's line that we're cursed with complicated women. But John's like, oh, no, they're just witches. But come on, Cotton, he has a good point. Like, he and John have both fallen in love with very complicated women who happen to be witches. So that was kind of fun. And then they kind of have their, like, father bonding thing of Cotton going, oh, I'm going to be a father. And John's like, that's, that's great. I didn't know. And some of this is kind of like, I always love when characters say that. Like, oh, I didn't know. Well, unless you've seen that person, how are you expected to know? But, I mean, I, I guess it's their way of saying, like, oh, that's new information to me. And, but <laughs> John has an excellent point of, yeah, I had the son. I had a son, too, with a witch. And look how that turned out. Which... Touche, John. Touche. But Cotton's like, no, it's going to be perfect with my child, which I don't know. I really hope it's going to be an okay baby, but I wonder if in stealing the baby, Mary, Anne, and everything that's going on. I don't know how Mary's connected. I'm sorry I threw that name in there. Uh, but Anne, how she stole the baby, and everything else that's been going on, I don't know if that's going to, like, mess with the baby in a bad way. I hope not, because you're just like, damn... Can somebody just win in a good way around here? It's like, oh, poor everybody. And then we have the Sentinel and Mary, and she's like, oh, look at my lovely dresses. I'm going to be the bride of Satan. And drops the dress, and she's in her lingerie, and he kind of is like, oh. And I'm like, oh, is she going to seduce him? But we don't really see much more in that scene. I think she just more talked to him. I don't really feel he can be seduced. I don't know, he looked at her with interest, but he didn't seem like, yay, let's get jiggy with it. And then, um, but then we jump over to our little devil boy. Okay, we kind of call him that because it's like, most names just sound weird and he is a child, so little devil boy. Which, if you guys haven't watched, he's on Westworld as well, and I had seen Salem for, like, when we see him at the end of season two... And then I watch Westworld, but, like, a gap in time apart. And then I'm watching Salem, and I'm just, like... And I read back, went back and watched Westworld, and then I'm like, Oh! That's a kid on Salem! And it's just one of those... You see two different people... Or, to you, it's two different people, but then realize they're one and the same. So, anyway, he's on Westworld, and he does a good job on that, too. 
and then we got back to what I was saying. We got a little devil boy, and uh, it looked like he was kind of watching the Sentinel Mary room, but I don't know. It kind of felt like either he had watched that transpire, or he just kind of was looking at that moment and maybe didn't necessarily see what happened because he's so surprised later by the Sentinel turning on him, so I'm thinking he wasn't as aware as that of that happening. But, oh my goodness, it's so creepy when you see the little Devil Boy toy, the little figure doll, and then the Sebastian one instantly appears behind him and Sebastian's in the room, and I was like, ah, it's so, like, simple, but it was super creepy that I'm like, ah, mm, like, does he have dolls of everybody? If somebody new shows up at the house, is a new doll made or what? Just was like, it's so simple and subtle, but it was just so effective. Um, then we have Sebastian the Devil chatting, and he's like, <laughs> he's he's like, I'm not like my father, I don't have a taste for virgins, and you're like, this is so creepy, hearing a child talk about, one, hearing a child talk about it, two, it's a child talking about his mom, and gonna be fucking his mom, and kind of excuse my language, but not really, because that's, it's not a romantic situation, no, that really is not, like, consensual, so that's an appropriate word. Uh, and... We get Sebastian like, oh, you know what? I've transpired against you. I've, or, conspired, transpired. My vocab today, guys, I apologize. It's, it has its peaks and valleys. Um, he's like, oh, I, I need to confess and please have mercy. And you're just sitting there going, wait, is this for real? Nope, nope, later it's not. I don't know, I, I like this show. It has these moments where you're just like, you're really not sure how to trust people, which I think it's good because then it's the show constantly is like, I don't know if I can trust you. Are you playing a game here? Or is this for real? But that's kind of how all the characters are. It places you in their mindset where they're also like, hmm, I don't know if I can trust you or you. What's going on? Um, and he's like, well, let me, Sebastian tells the little devil child, like, oh, well, let me take you to the Essex, which is Essex which is, and uh, we'll catch Mary in the act because that's what I want to do for you. And I'm like, that's a good way to sell it. Good way to sell it. Uh, then we have Anne and Mercy, and it's like, thank you. Thank you, Mercy, for pointing out. Uh, yeah, let us not be modest because we all we both felt the thrust of the Dark Lord. I appreciated that moment because, yeah, Anne's like, oh, my gosh, whore. Like, not saying that word. You're just like, Anne. And no, and come on, just say it. Just say the word. I, I almost want you to shout it, just get out of your system and be like, I'm okay, whore. Yes, you said it. Yay, good job, Anne. You said the word. And Mercy's just like, really? So now it's almost like their power has shifted a bit because before Anne was just like so sure of herself and cocky, and then Mercy was like the one who's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on in my life. And now Anne seems to be like, the one who's just awkward about this situation, and Mercy is so comfortable, she is so suave, and like, really, Anne, you sure? Just like, oh, I love that kind of shift between them. And then we have, uh, go upstairs, like, hey, I, uh, yeah, I had this girl that I found, and you're like, mm-hmm, sure you do. And then I was like, dude, why is Gloriana so placid and just not doing anything? Oh, yeah, that lobotomy thing. Mm, took her memories. But at least she still has her eyeball. I was kind of wondering about that because if she's going to sell her to the whorehouse, you got to keep it pretty. 
It's just a bruise. So how convenient she lost her memory. But the thing that's a little weird about it is I think you could take her memory or at least some of it. Ooh, actually, that's an even better question. So it takes, go with me on this one. So Anne takes her memory. But Gloriana's personality before was very fun, very saucy, and like, you know, she was intelligent and had just a lot of charisma in her life. So taking all of that out and her, or taking her memories, she's very docile, very timid, and very unimpressive, you know. So the question is, did she develop that personality from doing the horror work or what her life experiences were? Or that is that, like, what we're seeing now, is that what Gloriana was like before she became a horror? Or, you know, has her personality been so messed up that, that she's, like, everything that was, in a way, like, very interesting and positive about her is kind of gone now because she's been, like, poked in the eyeball and lost all her memories. So I don't know. That's a really good question. It's kind of one of those, like, are you a product of what you've been through in your life or what you're born with or a mix of the two? I kind of think it's a mix of the two. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, then we have... Ah, yes. This was a nice, wonderful moment, too, where Mercy's like, congratulations. And Anne's like, well, what do you mean? And then Mercy's like, uh, yeah, I know that you took the baby. So... That's very interesting. I wonder if Mary or any other witch, which, well, there might not be any other ones really now, um, would anybody else notice that, well, they more notice, she more noticed that it was Gloriana's missing of a baby, not rather Anne having a new one. So, Mercy has that over on her, which she might use that against her. She could. It's not a good thing to have Mercy have anything over you. And then we have, um, oh yeah, so the hag in the mirror, we talked about that. And then we're getting towards our finale, which was so good. Yes, it was finally one of those, like, you need it, we needed a takedown. We needed the witches, the local witches, to kick some ass and take, like, get a foothold. Because before, it just felt like they're, like, floundering, they're not doing anything, it's just like, they can't catch a break, and you're just like, that sucks. So, we have Mary and the Essex Witches, and she's, like, going to them, and then Sebastian, Devil shows up, and one line that kind of stood out that was just kind of creepy, that was, like, a good point, is how the devil was pointing out, a little devil boy says, your consent is not required, and it's like, ooh, because he's telling the witches, he's like, yeah, we're one body, one soul, and they're kind of like, mm, no, screw you. And then Sebastian is like, surprise, I'm with the witches, which was so good and rewarding. And the power of sacrifice, which that has been an extremely huge and common theme in this show of um, Mary losing her baby from, like, way back when to become a witch and then having a child, but then she has to kill the child to make him the devil and, like, bring that all back. So it's been constant, like, what do you love? Excuse me. What do you love? And uh, how can we get rid of it and make it a sacrifice? Because that's the only way you get real magic. Which, the other show starting soon, if you guys are into magic stuff, totally different tone of a show, pretty much, is um, The Magicians starting on January 25th. That one, they too, they said magic is not all like rainbows and cupcakes and it like comes from tragedy and sorrow and pain. So I was like, haha, similarities there. So, um, all the, back to the witches. 
the other witches. So all the witches stab their own hearts as a sacrifice of them all sacrificing themselves to make Mary be ultimate witch of essentially giving her their powers, which I I thought that's what it was, but she didn't really do any. Well, she kind of she did do magic, but I, I want to see her do more. I hope she does more after this. She um, she bathes in the blood and. <laughs> <sighs> the line also of out of the one I shall make many and she rips him apart literally limb from limb and his head off ah, but it was so good but I don't know I kind of was like is he really dead you sure stripping the body part can we burn it like <laughs> this is one of those vampire lore things of like you chop off the head you burn the body you really make sure that thing is dead but they don't and the body's taken away who I think it's Tichuba and uh, one other thing I want to comment out, comment, <clears throat> excuse me, was how our little devil boy calls out Beezlebub to the Sentinel. So uh, I love that one of you commented that on a previous video because we were like, the Sentinel, like, what's his name? He doesn't really have a name, and they just call him Sentinel. And if you watch it with subtitles, it does say Sentinel. But finally, he calls out specifically a name, says Beezlebub, so now our Sentinel has a name. And he calls him Samael, so... That was nice to have return of names because often they're not really saying each other's names. So that was kind of the end. So I guess I'll do some really quick predictions if we get our music. There we are. Our sound effect? Yeah, it's not really now, a music. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> I think Tichba took his pieces. That sounds inappropriate. She took the body pieces of our devil boy. What she's going to do with it, I have no idea. That's a really good question. Because Tichuba, she's gone through a lot. And I know you guys have tried in about her. I still, I like her character, but I've lost her motivation. Like, before I told her, it was like, I follow. I got you, girl. I know where you're, I understand where you're coming from. And I understand the stuff you've done. And then Mary's, you've done so much for her. And she just kind of shits on, like, how devoted you've been. So then you kind of go back on her and then stuff like that. But then, then it's like... Okay, Tichba, I really don't know where you're going with this. So I'm like, mm, mm, okay. So I want to know what she's going to do. I don't know. Um, it's definitely not over. I think, I, okay, guys, sometimes at the, at the end they have the scenes for later. So it's semi-cheating to no predictions. But I, I kind of saw, they, they were kind of vague though, so it's not necessarily specific. But it looks like John Alden has a standoff with the Sentinel, which I'm like, yes, that looks exciting. But I think the Sentinel is a bit more powerful that multiple people are going to have, as Mary said in the preview for next time, are going to have to play their part to take him down. Which, it was so much work to take care of the devil. He also is probably going to be a lot of work to take care of. Um... I don't want to, but I think something bad is going to happen about Anne's baby. I don't know why. I feel something. Something creepy. Um, I don't think... I think Sebastian's mom is still going to be a factor. She was also in the trailer for next time. But uh, before we even kind of was like, he's been giving her Mary's blood. It's like... We knew she'd probably come back, but the question is how quickly is it going to be like immediately or gonna be a while because before it was like you know 100 years or something like that um let's see i don't know do you guys have any predictions for the next week leave me comments down below i'm it's always like certain times you know it's like something comes right to your head of like yeah that's gonna happen other ones are just like 
Uh, no. Uh, Magis, I feel... I want Isaac to step up and continue to do more the way he's doing that. Uh, I think maybe they will be a factor, like the town... Knockers Hole people. There we go. I was like, what's their name? The Knockers Hole people will be a factor that the Sentinel was not planning on, that that would be more of a difficulty that they're not ready for. Um... I want... I don't want all the witches... I mean, Mary and Anne are about the only two good witches left. Sebastian's kind of evil. Pretty evil. But Mary and Anne are, uh, like, our only two good ones. But John seems still bent on the idea of, like, all the witches need to die. But, ooh, maybe Cotton and John are going to have a standoff. Because Cotton's going to be like, no, I got to keep her because she's the mother of my child. I don't know. That's a really good question. That standoff could be really exciting. Um, so there's only three episodes left, and uh, I will tweet out the link. I was informed that there's, um, I think it's an, a petition out there trying to encourage Salem to get renewed for another season. Uh, I don't know the status on it, but I was uh, I was told we, after Buzz was emailed by a fan, which thank you for reaching out. And I'll look into it, and I'll tweet it, so help continue to share it if you aren't aware of this yet. Because this is an amazing show, there's only three left, and it'd be kind of sad that this is the end. I mean, if it is, it's still been a really good run, but I'll look into that, and I'll make sure I tweet it. So check me out online at Carrie D. Lane, that's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And I think that pretty much wraps us up for this episode, and... Um, Make sure to give it a thumbs up, five stars on iTunes, comment down below, because again, we love the interaction with you guys about the show, because we're fans just like you. And uh, make sure to subscribe to After Buzz so you're up to date on all the awesome shows that we cover here. Starting soon, like I mentioned, uh, Magicians is coming up. If you're into sci-fi, I'll be on the Expanse panel. Timeless, we're on a little bit of a break. Uh, ooh, Emerald City is start a different kind of magic, sort of? That's magic, right? Yeah. Uh, that's starting on Sunday, as well as I'm still on The Man in the High Castle. Box Office Breakdown, if you're into what movies came out over the weekend, how did they do, and just movies in general, that is now on Sunday nights on the Popcorn Talk, which is like a sister network to After Buzz. And this awesome show, and I think that's about it for now. Again, thank you so much for watching. My name's Carrie Lane, and I'll see you next time. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.